Hey guys, welcome to Self Evident Podcast number 18. Woo! That's right, 18 podcasts, 18 of them. We are two away from 20. <laughs> After that, I can't count. That was, so. um, that was public school education, <laughs> yes. folks. That was, he really he took off his shoes for that one before yeah. we had to plan this. He, he helped me, he wrote it out I and did. everything. I so, did. But college educated, you, you'll <laughs> be happy to know. You'll be happy to know he does have a degree, folks. Yes. In, I don't. In English. <laughs> but I am ordained, if that matters. I think that counts. Sort of. I mean, because, like, <laughs> who does man ordain? They can't. It's God, right? That's what the Bible says. I've kind of wondered about that. Like, we've, yeah. we put so much stock in ordaining yeah. ministers, pastors. You know, Paul but, said, I think yeah. it was to the Corinthians, you, you know, I, I didn't need letters of commendation from you. I didn't need yeah. your approval. I've got God's approval, right? Because exactly. we speak the truth. So, But, you know. So anyways, podcast 18. Yeah, podcast 18. Here we go. So <sighs> I got rid of the black, bro. Check it. I like it. I am a true Floridian now. And you are. So <laughs> I walk in the door and guess who he calls me? <laughs> Fluffy. Fluffy. Shout out to Gabriel Iglesias. Even if you disagree with yes. us politically, you are a funny dude. Dude. But I watch the clean stuff. No cuss words. <laughs> I do. It's like annoying when people cuss. But I love him because... For the most part, he's pretty darn he clean. He is pretty clean. Yeah, he, he, for, yeah, he is. He's, but you're right. Uh, you yeah. know, I mean, it's like, I, I like comedians like, you know, Bill Burr. There's some of their stuff. Some of it's bad and vile, so it's like yeah. I turn it off. But like some of the stuff is like hilarious. But then the cussing, man, is like, y'all don't need to cuss uh-huh. like that. You know what I mean? Chris Tucker, do you know that he still does? You know, the guy from uh, Friday Rush Hour. Yeah. He quit cussing in his shows. Did he really? Yeah, he got Good saved and he was like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't need to cuss. I don't need Good to. Good for him. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm sure he's just still think about funny. it, comedians. But to be fair, comedians want free speech, and they're mad at college yeah. campuses for you know turning out you know effeminate type. And comedians, you know, and even the ones who were very social justice and very woke or whatever word you want to use, woke. ooh, uh, vocabulary yeah, word of the day. Woke, man. Yes, sounds like two guys doing dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting old, man. We might as well admit it. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you know. Dad jokes have had hey, their place in their yeah, time. They have, yeah. um, but even those comedians who were on the train for that, yeah. they're getting nailed. They and are. they're getting very unhappy about getting nailed to the wall for stuff. And it's because you can't keep doing what you're doing and talking how you're talking and it not catch up to you if it's immoral or yeah. or or I should say that lacks fact and truth. You know what I mean? At least Freedom of speech. People think that freedom of speech and we're trying to, you know, the government should get involved in speech. It's into something new. Dude, John Adams signed the Sedition Act, man. People were speaking out against it. So this happened for a long time. Jefferson said, you can't squelch their freedom of speech, man. They're going to. So what if they talk bad about you? So what if they incite violence? Because that's what Adams was afraid of. Yeah. That people would turn against America, basically, in so many words. And Jefferson even said, sometimes you need a bloody revolution. Sometimes, man. And, you know. Not that we look for that. We're not yeah. calling no, or no, advocating. No, we're not, we're, yeah. we're not advocating bl- no. for that. No. He did say that quote, but I think they set up these measures in place constitutionally in the, decla- in, in the declaration so that we wouldn't have to go through this again. That's yeah. why, you know, the amendments are there. That's why, mm-hmm. you know, we we have the right to petition our government for redistributions. The problem is, is when they all get in together and they're all in cahoots, you know, for the same end and the same cause. You know what yeah. I mean? That's the issue. So yeah. anyways, we're back. So back to podcast, podcast number 18. 18. <laughs> okay, so, sorry. So today's topic, not sorry. Well, I thought we would talk about calculus. 
Um, we would shop. Please, yeah. I'm checking out. You know what? I'll check out too. We'll have Jonathan Bro, teach it. I can barely count the creams I put in my coffee. <laughs> I'm a little calculus dog shoot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> How many did you put? I don't know. <laughs> Enough. All of it. So the topic we decided to talk about today is something that happened recently. Um, and I'm going to drop the name Pastor John Gray. Right. Uh, Massey, I want you to kind of tell the background of this situation because you're actually the one who informed me that this was going on. What kind of what happened was we were both talking about like at what point is extravagancy too much? You know what I mean? At what point are we allowing or I should say allowing because I'm not God, you know, so but like where people eventually start to take their church salaries and monies and it's like they're buying these big old mansions and cars and you know what I mean? You got the sometimes those other preachers that get on TV. It's like God told me, we're, you know, you're supposed to give me for a plane and all yeah. these things. You know, it's like, at what point does this become a reproach? Because the bottom line, no matter what, and, and I've found this to be true. If you're too broke, people are like, your God ain't real. If you're too rich, you know what I mean? <laughs> you're, you're in it or for the money. Or if you're too wealthy, there's something wrong. You're in it yeah. for the money. You know what I mean? So if you're not in the middle, right, or if you're in the middle, but then people determine what middle is. Yeah. They don't really know what middle is, right? And so, like, if you have a uh, Carrie and I had thought about this uh, for the last few years, you know, having self-evident last four years, it's like we would like tell people, yeah, we want a vacation, but I got the cheapest room possible, which we did. You know, we got the cheapest rental car possible, which we did. But the fact that I had to keep like justifying going on a vacation or something like that, because literally it was 350 days of work. You know, it was constant. Then coming here and helping at the church last year all the time, you know, every Sunday and, and, and most Wednesdays I had to come. And then I started doing pastoring Tuesday nights, you know, so it was like, and then doing self-evident on top of that and then starting the podcast, you know, and then just having a family. I mean, stuff ties you up. So we were like, okay, at what point is too much, too much? You know what I mean? And then you get the other side of, well, shoot, man, Abraham was blessed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we don't talk about that. Solomon, David, Joseph. Joseph. Moses and the the children of Israel left with Egypt spoiled, dude. And they were in oppression. Gold and silver. And, yeah. Yeah. So they left with the spoil. Now, I'm not saying that riches are the end game here. I'm not saying that because even in Deuteronomy 12 and 8, you know, in chapter 8, it also says, uh, beware lest thou forget the Lord thy God and thy prosperity mm-hmm. when things are going good. It's easy for me to praise God when things are going good, right? But when it's going bad, it's like we almost curse God in a sense because you're looking for him at the wrong thing. Yeah. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is so what brought it on to was um, there was a story done on Pastor John Gray. Now, most if you don't know who Pastor John Gray is, he he used to be a comedian and then he became uh, like associate pastor yeah. to Joel, uh, Osteen. Joel Osteen's church, uh, Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas. And uh, now he's the pastor of Relentless Church in South Carolina, I believe it is. Yeah. And uh, so, but the, the whole history of that church that he just took over, I mean, it had been 20 years that that church had been. I think so. And so he took over about six, seven months ago. And, you know, all of a sudden he's got this eight, eight year anniversary and he buys his wife a $200,000 Lamborghini. So I, just pause. Go I ahead. Want, I want that to sink in. Yeah. What, so check your first reaction. What's your first yeah, reaction, yeah. everybody, <laughs> on that? I was actually, that's cool <laughs> that you said that because I was going to go there. Like, in your mind, because we all say discrimination, we shouldn't discriminate, we shouldn't blah, 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 you know, and we shouldn't judge, we shouldn't this. It's the first thing you think of, hmm. whether on the side of right or wrong, or because there is no real right or wrong answer about this, because we're going to explain this in scripture and just like reason, yeah. right? Because the Bible doesn't condemn riches. It just warns the rich. Mm-hmm. Be careful. Now, think about it again. He just bought his wife for the eighth year anniversary a $200,000 Lamborghini. Lamborghini. 
I think she got him a Rolex or something like that. Yeah, it, was it was like, like an eight thousand dollar watch. Yeah, or you something. know, it was like nice watch. Think about that. So <clears throat> people <clears throat> jumped on the train, and this happens like in everyday discourse, right? Mm-hmm. So like, uh, if Trump or or what Kavanaugh, like when Kavanaugh was accused of the whole thing, yeah, dude. Me, the moment there was an act, you know, accusal, he's guilty, he's guilty, he's guilty. They didn't have the facts yet. Yep. Smart people stayed out of it for a week and said, Oh, see, there was really nothing there, right? Now, people are going to believe what they want to believe, but there was really no facts to back up that this dude was, you know, sexual, sexually harassing or raping somebody, right? There was really no facts that came out. And so, but it happened with this guy. So, he, and, go ahead. And that's that's the biggest frustration. Immediately after you told me about the situation, my biggest frustration was, what's the full story? Because I know I had the initial reaction of, oh, here we go. But then I thought about it a second time. I was like, boy, that takes a lot of guts unless something else is going on. And, and as you and Carrie started telling me more and more details, I was like, okay, this makes, this more, makes more sense, sense mm-hmm. right? And the problem is we love to jump on the train without the information and then make our decision. Right. Um, there was a YouTube channel that I was watching, which you know, I'll, I'll drop the name because they put it out there, Wretched TV. And immediately the guy's going after this pastor and, and just, you know, he's pastor for six months and he buys his wife a Lamborghini and they're dressed up in really nice clothes at this birth, this anniversary party or whatever. And, and she buys him an $8,000 Rolex, really attacking them as, as just all in it for the money. But as we get into the facts, I was able to watch that video and go, yeah, but you're leaving a lot of a parts out, out. Yeah, a yeah. lot of stuff out that kind of <clears throat> shoots your case down that these people are just completely in for the money. And I'm not saying they're not, yeah, but I'm not is, saying they are. Right. <laughs> and the one thing we want to do with the show is balance. Yeah. Like we want to say, like, if you disagree... Like, for instance, Pastor Gray, he was under Joel Osteen. I don't agree with everything doctrinally. Yeah. Matter of fact, there's certain things it's like, bro, what? You know, mm-hmm. doctrinally with that, everything Joel Osteen says. I'm not a name it and claim it guy. I don't really think that. I don't mm-hmm. really believe that. Um, the prosperity gospel, I believe, is destroyed. You know, uh, it, and I'm talking about taught in the wrong way. I do believe that there is prosperity in the things of God because yeah. he's, he's done it in my life. He's prospered me in certain things and, and many things, actually. But it's like when that's your central focus is money. And that's been a big thing from the 90s and the 80s. You know, it was just like a big, you know, give us money and we'll send you a handkerchief. You're going to automatically get yeah. healed. I mean, it's all these like, uh, what do you call them? Uh, bait and switch. You know yeah. what I mean? All that stuff. So <clears throat> now there are people that do teach in a, in a biblically balanced way. You know, God does prosper his saints. I mean, he does. And, he, and I'm proof of that. Yeah. You know, so I'm not saying that. But I am saying there is also, too, we got to bear our witness to those that are without the Bible says. We have to make sure that our witness is good with to, to you know. So <clears throat> it's hard for me, and this is just a personal take, right? Yeah. It's hard for me to see pastors who are super uber wealthy, and some of their church people can't even start their vehicles. Mm-hmm. Bothers me. But there's one, There's there was a sermon, and and and... You can quote me on this, but I don't know which one it was that John Gray actually collected an offering and he told people in the crowd, take out what you need. Mm-hmm. They didn't even give it to the church. That's a that's a big thing. That's yeah. how come we didn't hear about that? And you know what I mean? And he's given away cars, he's given away houses mm-hmm. fully furnished, he's given away clothes and jobs and that kind of thing. Yeah, like so the, 
there's this balance yeah. of like, okay, so again, I may not agree with them doctrinally. I haven't listened to all of John Gray's sermons. I'm not saying he's a heretic or not. I'm not saying that I'm not going there with him. I don't know any of that stuff. There is also a recent scandal that he did have an affair with his wife. He came mm-hmm. out and admitted that basically, right? right. There, there, there's talk that there's a baby involved. I'm not sure, right? Uh, but a lot of people came to this guy. They just jumped on the dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, look at this. He's a prominent preacher and he blah, 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 blah. He, I, I think in a lot of ways people get pissed because they're not as prominent. I, I wonder. I, I kind of wonder about that too. Of, And you and I were having a conversation about this whole thing. We were sitting down at the kitchen table and... It, it got mentioned that people tend to give and then have an expectation of what you're going to do with that money. Yeah. And, and we haven't even got into what Pastor Gray has done before he started with this church, right? But And still does. And, and still does and is making darn good money doing it. Um, but if we give money, if I give money to a homeless guy, and I had a friend call me out on this because he and I were talking, and I said, you know, I... I I kind of struggle with, like, am I supposed to give it to them if I have a pretty good idea of what they're probably going to use it for? And he said, dude, that's not your concern. He said, it's about your heart. God will deal with them and their heart in what they do with the money, but it's about your heart with whether or not you give it. And I think a lot of times we end up giving our money with an attachment clause on it and go, okay, here's the money. Now you better do exactly what I want you to with it. That's right. So, and I think too, and I've been a part of this and our, my, my dad had a home church for a long time and yeah. I've, I've experienced it sometimes, you know, even being at revived church, I'm sure it happens that, you know, pastor, you know, our pastor could, you know, get paid a certain amount. Right. And the guys that are more wealthy than he is come into the church, they tithe. Right. And it's like, they almost lord it over him. Yeah. Like I'm going to control. And if, and if you say something that I don't agree with, I'm going to leave and I'm going to pull my tithe. That's usually the first thing rich people say, you know, it's like, I'm going to pull my tithe with me. Yeah. And it's like, brah, this church was going without you and it'll keep going without you. I got to preach the truth of the Lord. Right. So there's this, mm-hmm. there's this thing that, that we have to stay consistent with this truth and truth is convicting and it will offend people. And it's not that we try to, Right, we're not giving people an excuse to hate Christ. They just hate him if if they're in darkness and wickedness. Right, so the whole thing with John Gray is too. This guy is uh, he he's he's a musician. He's an artist. Right, so he writes music. He's got his own television show on Oprah Winfrey Oprah, Network. Yeah, I'm not. I, we're not promoting these people. Okay, no. That's... Oprah literally is like one of the <sighs> biggest bunions on the on the Christian <laughs> side. I mean, I don't mean to be mean about that, but it's like I, I don't because I didn't know what else to say, but. She's she's lifted up a lot of heresies, heresies, and and like you know, there's all many ways to God and all yeah, these things. I'm not yeah. agreeing with her in the in the least. I'm not saying that. So he's got a successful like show. It's a reality show about his life and ministry and stuff, mm-hmm. which is pretty pretty open, you know, about yeah. what he's done. Uh, several other ventures, you know, getting into real estate and all these things. He's done all this on his own. He used to be a comedian, sells DVDs, all these things. So he has money coming in outside of the church salary. Yeah. The one thing people didn't ask was, did he use his church salary? And I think it was someone quoted saying it was a husband buying his wife a gift, not a pastor buying his parishioner a gift or his wife a gift, right? Do we know he used his you know, church money to do that? You know what I mean? But, yeah. And then my wife said, but even if he did, is it wrong? Is, and that's, you know? that's really where we get down to the thesis of this podcast is, is it wrong 
for somebody to make a decision like that with their money. And I used the analogy, which we can play around with this analogy as we go. But if you have a pastor who spends 10% of their income on a vehicle versus another pastor who spends 10% of their income on a vehicle, do we have that, that space for judgment? So if one pastor spends 10% and he buys a regular pickup truck and another pastor spends 10% once again, but he's able to buy a beautiful GMC Denali fully kitted out everything. Do we say that he's misappropriated his funds that we've given him purely because he can afford a better truck or do we step back and go, look, this is your salary. It's between you and God how you decide yeah, to make that. As long yeah. as he's not a heretic. Now, yeah. here's where you got to start asking the question, is the dude yeah. preaching heresy? If he's preaching yeah. heresy or if he's false or if there's any scandals, why are you supporting that church? Why are you there? You know what I mean? Get out of that. That's not what God tells you to do to, to, to support that and promote those things. Matter of fact, he has to flee from that kind of stuff. Yeah. The second thing is, is you're right. It doesn't matter which truck, I guess, per se, but... If you're going to ask that question about a pastor, can we ask the same thing about the parishioner? Why do you need that nice go. of a truck? Why do you need that nice of a house? Why do you need exactly. all those millions? See, you're starting to turn into a, a leftist, in a yeah. sense. You're starting to turn into one of these socialist, you know, capitalism's terrible. Why are we allowing all the rich to control everything in America? It's going to destroy our economy, and people are poor and broke, right? Hey, dude, look, they work their butts off. I'm not saying they all are upright. I wish we could get that out of the way. They're not all upright. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying rich people are all the, doing the right thing. I know that there's extortion that exists. Shoot, it happens in government all the time, mm -hmm. both on the right and the left side, okay? No, nobody's denying all that stuff. But for the most part, right, if you're going to ask that question of the pastor, let, let me ask you this. Where is your benevolence and compassion for your pastor to want and deserve the best if he's laboring for your soul? That's a very good point. Why is it that your heart jumps to, oh, look at him, destroying the church with the funds. You know what I mean? Why is he buying that and doing that? When the dude flat out labors for your soul, right? Yeah. Like, uh, 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 there's a ministry in Colorado I support. I've talked about them. Someone gave them vehicles because they gave their vehicles. They felt God told them to give their vehicles away. They did. Yeah. Someone gave them two new vehicles, right? Awesome. Now. An outsider would say, look at them spend their money. Did you know if someone gave them those vehicles? Like, how come someone cared enough to give them those vehicles and you didn't? <laughs> Why is it that the, 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 the good Samaritan is only good when the dude's poor? That's, that's, Why? that's something that really gets me is... And I, I'm going to put this disclaimer on this whole thing because you guys got to understand... What, I know, dude. What, this is going to be a hard yeah. balancing act. Just bear with us. What, what we're doing is we're really just talking it out. I almost wish we'd have done this live because we could have yeah. taken questions live. We, that that, that, that would have been, been cool. Good and idea. you know what? We should do that. Yeah. We, we should do that on the next one. Definitely. Um, so one caveat that we've got is we tend to see poor as righteous, Mm. Do you ever notice you that? that that we tend to put the poor people, we, we those in need, we tend to somehow create them into this character of righteousness and uprightness and moral purity. Meanwhile, the the rich or the person who's well off or wealthy or whatever you want to say, evil. 
they're wicked, they're greedy, they're, yeah. they're, they're, you know, money grubbing. Yeah. The only way they could have gotten rich is off the backs of other people. And I've really questioned that lately of why do we, why do we automatically assume in our snap judgments, the poor person is righteous and the rich person is unrighteous. And I'm not saying either one, you know, I'm not saying they're swapped. I'm not saying they're, you know, one or the other. There's some in both camps. Yeah, I mean, you if know? you think about it, like Ananias and Sapphira, they had yeah. money. They yeah. sold their land, and they had money. They had money. And they didn't even have to give it to the poor. If you listen to the disciples, they were like, mm-hmm. why did you like? Why did you do that? You could have done with it what you wanted to, but you lied about it, right? Yeah. So they had money. They were well off, it seemed like, because they lied about how much they, you know. Yeah. I mean? So you obviously had a lot of money. But Judas was broke, and he betrayed what? Yeah. He betrayed Christ. For that's 30 why pieces of silver. That's right. And if you're broke and if you're poor, if you think about it, if you're broke and poor, aren't you susceptible to bribes? Absolutely. Now, you can if you're rich, too. But typically, if you're broke and you're poor, you're, gonna, you're more likely to yeah. compromise. Why, why was it so easy for Judas to sell out a, 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 a righteous human that he saw miracles with for money? Ooh. Think about I've it. Always want like I've thought a lot about why like, money. How could Judas walk with Christ for two and a half, three years, and sell him out like that? Pharisees could have gave him position. Yeah, they could have gave him position or title or house or something. But thirty pieces of silver he betrayed Jesus for. Think about that, mm-hmm. right? The poor when they came out to listen, the the, the twenty thousand, you know, with women and children, the yeah. five thousand when he fed the five thousand. Remember when Jesus turned around and he like basically reproved him and said, you're not coming to change. You're coming for the food. Yep. So is always being poor the right way? It's the heart. This is why Paul said, be content in all things, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you lack, whether you have, whether you're in shipwreck or whether you're doing well, whether you're naked or buffeted. He said, I count all things but loss. He was up and he was down. I was telling Brittany today, the one thing that we don't talk about with Paul is that. You know, people are like, you know, they're on journeys and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I wish that people, you know, he, she, she, she said, I wish God sometimes would reveal himself to people the way he did to Paul, basically, in so many mm-hmm. words, right? And I'm like, but the one thing we always neglect about Paul is he was a student of the law. Yeah. He studied. And what does the Bible say? Study to show yourself approved. Mm-hmm. If you seek me with your whole heart, you'll find me. Uh, the, he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Paul sought the Lord, he saw, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, yeah. knew the law. So God, Christ shows up and says, I'm going to show you the real me. Notice, we forget that part. Oh, he yeah. just showed up to Paul and he changed him. No, this dude was a student of the Old Testament. He was a student of the Torah. He knew the prophets. Got, Christ had to reveal him and change his heart. That was the difference. But if you're not diligently seeking God, is it any wonder that you're not getting him, right? <laughs> Back to the point. Poor, rich, whatever, we're all susceptible to sin. So just because you're poor doesn't mean you're righteous. Nowhere in Scripture does it say it's better off to be poor. You know what the Scripture does say? Everybody can love. Everybody has a right and and, an opportunity. I'm sorry, right? Everybody has an opportunity to love one another, to hate evil and cleave to that which is good. When he warns the rich, he says, rich men, you know what I mean? Make sure you give to the poor. Make sure that you're without reproach. Make sure you're not doing anything out of extortion. Make sure, right? And when he's talking to the poor, he says, the poor you'll always have among you. Just because you're poor and broke does not mean you're righteous. we got to get that out of our heads. I used to think that way. 
man, if I just keep showing people that I'm willing to sacrifice every dollar for ministry, they're going to respect it. And they do. I know many people that have, yeah. right? But I was neglecting my family. For, I was putting them on the altar of ministry, right? Because I thought that people would understand, hey, man, look, I'm broke, right? See, I'm doing this all for the Lord. I was neglecting my family. So was that righteous? No. Wow. That wasn't righteous at all, right? And, and So I'm trying to put that caveat out there. Yeah, and, and it, that gets into... Um, Paul's discussion about love, right? Yeah. You can you can sacrifice everything. And I'm not saying this is you in that case, no, but I, like I you think can, it was in some you senses. You can sacrifice everything and turn around and tell people, "Hey, look at me and how I sacrificed everything. Aren't I righteous?" That's right. But if you have not love, you got nothing. Nothing. If I get my body to be burned at the stake, you know what I mean? Yeah. If I could and, have all the faith that I can move mountains, dude, you can have the giftings, man, and still have nothing if you ain't got love. Yeah. And everybody, poor or rich, can love one another. Exactly. Uh, Jonathan brought up Rockefeller, richest man of, <laughs> of all time during his time. Gave away tons of money, tons and tons of money. Loved people, devout Christian, you know, and, and I love reading biographies about him. You know, I've only read short articles, but like this guy was interesting. Now, we only see big, evil, rich, monopoly white man. Rockefeller? Rockefeller. Dude, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I, it, you know, I love dude, history, but I did he, not know that. He shelled it out, you know, to to charities, to people, to really taking care of things. What he began the, the, the trend of philanthropy. Oh, he yeah. began the trend of philanthropy. So. Yeah. Um, one other thing I wanted Phil- to get into is Phil- <laughs> late. You want some Phil- coffee? Philanthropy. <laughs> he he began philanthropy. He began flam trophies. Flam. Tr- <laughs> Flamingo trophies. Flamingo. <laughs> It's late. <laughs> it's late, y'all. Look, um, <laughs> hey, thanks to our non-sponsor, Unkin Onus. Thank you. <laughs> so, scripturally, the other thing I wanted to hit because I think this gets pulled way out of context is the rich man who comes to Jesus. Ooh. So, uh, scripturally, you, you reminded me of the rich young ruler, mm. and a lot of people bring that up. If, see, Jesus told him to give up his possessions. Right. This is so, the other side. Poor, not always yes. righteous. Rich, not rich, always rich. not always righteous. Good. And so people are like, see, Good call. he told him, give up his possessions because that's keeping him from God. Good call. The thing is, he goes through this list of, look, I've done all of this, right? And Christ looks at him and says, give up all your possessions and follow me. <sighs> Which, when, when you really contemplate it, Christ nailed his heart. Christ wasn't just... Okay, he's wearing really nice clothes, so he's probably rich. You know, oh, you better you give need up to be all a suffering servant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you 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 better you know flog yourself and really become this destitute person in order to be yeah. righteous. No, he was pointing out the thing that was holding this guy back from Christ, and I say this guy specifically because specifically him. This was what was holding him back because if you notice what happened, the guy goes away sad. Christ nailed it, and the guy failed the test. Mm. Christ nailed his heart of what was holding him back. If it had been women, if it had been, you know, religion, if it had been lying, whatever, Mm. Christ would have nailed it. That's right. And so people misconstrue this of, see, it was the money. It was all the money. Well, David was extremely rich and wealthy. Solomon was extremely rich and wealthy. Now, what was Solomon's downfall? It wasn't the money. It was women. It was women. Yeah. David, his downfall was pride, right? 
and women. Saul, <laughs> I mean, Saul was wealthy. Yeah. Uh, Moses had to have some money, you know what exactly. I mean? Because he was leading and they were able to take the spoil, right? I mean, if you look at like Abraham, I mean, dude, d- digging wells and, and uh, was it uh, jo- Joseph being married, yeah. you know, buried you know, with his fathers, you know? And the, so there's all these stories. And the other thing I was going to say about that was that Christ in the Bible, like God, is not a respecter of persons. No. He doesn't, he doesn't look on the countenance that man sees. He looks on what God sees. Yeah. That rich, poor, whatever, he looks on the heart. Amen. Right? So you're poor, you're rich, whatever you have. Dude, I know many wealthy people. One of my mentors was, was pretty well off until he passed. You know what I mean? And, and his sons now took over the business. But it's like the man gave his life for ministry, dude. He gave his life for his family. I'm not saying he was perfect, okay? That's, this is this caveat that we got to put out there. I'm not saying he was perfect. But in my eyes, in estimation, like, dude, if I ever had money, I want to be like that, where he was philanthropic and he would do stuff in orphanages and, like, help other countries and stuff like that and help out in his local yeah. area and be a part of the 4-H for his daughter. All these things, you know, like, he was a, a perfect example of being, well, well, you know, wealthy, well off, I guess, you know, whatever you want to call it, wealthy, yeah. rich, whatever, well, well off, but still doing the works of the Lord, still keeping the heart of God, still willing to go to church and just be a part of the congregation like any other normal person. Still live in the same same house, I think, that he or his wife grew up in, bought that house that they grew up in, yeah. either one of them, right? I can't remember which one it was. I think it was him or her, one of the two, right? And to have that. And, like, they weren't extravagant about their lifestyle. They just, they weren't. You know, they, they didn't flaunt it. Perfect example, right? There's also people that I know that are straight broke, but they're amazing, amazing people. Mother yeah. Teresa gave her life, you know, for... Yeah, there's stories out there. Oh, she was extorting and rich and all that stuff. Dude, look, she lived her life. And you can try to point out, because everybody's going to do it. There's always a critic, right? Yep. I can live as perfect as I want to. And someone's going to say something about something about me. That's fine. That's okay, right? But you look at Mother Teresa, who was broke. I mean, she went out and helped people. That was her whole life. That was her whole story. You know, why is it that we have to determine based on rich or poor, not the heart? Yeah. Why rich or poor? So again, going back to John Gray, because this was a good little tangent that we went on to explain why we're thinking this way. Why can't it be about the heart instead of riches and poor? Why can't it be about the heart? Like, why can't we just determine that? And I'm glad we went on this tangent to explain our position, because again, we're still not really answered on the position. Yeah. But Paul even said, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are good for me to do. Exactly. Right? So again, a prime example. It's hard for me to watch and sit and watch TV and be lazy. And a lot of people do that. I am not condemning that. Homeboy can't do that. Homeboy gets convicted of that stuff. Homeboy's convicted constantly of sitting around and doing nothing. I get convicted, like, in my heart. And it could be conviction. It could be just my own, like, drive. But I just can't do it. I can't can't be lazy. I can't can't be like everybody else on that that issue. But other people look at me and say, bro, if you don't learn how to rest, you're going to burn out. Bro. It's resting is, is God's favor on your life. Bro, resting is good for you. It's good for your soul, bro, right? I'm looking at other people, and I'm not saying those people that tell me that. I look at other people and be like, bro, quit being lazy. Pick yourself up and be responsible. Bro, excellence is in the details. Bro, do this. Hey, bro, no. like, you know, we got to move, man. We got to do this. We have a deadline. You know, We need each other, right? But it isn't that one person seems to be sloth for, seems to be you know, uh, a doer. It's the heart. Yeah. What is the heart of the issue? It has nothing to do with equal or opposite or equal. I'm very eccentric. My wife is an introverted extrovert, right? She has fun, 
but she's not boisterous like me. She doesn't talk loud like me. Everything that I do is very up, you know, Pastor Polk's like, man, you raised your voice. I'm like, no, I'm just passionate. Everything uh-huh. I do is loud, right? It's, look, you know, it's vibrant. <laughs> I got rid of the black shirt. I broke the rust off religion. Started quit wearing that black, man. Shoot. Put me on some nice little shirt over. Ah! Right? <laughs> this is actually the ocean. I was representing... Uh, <laughs> so next podcast, next next podcast, we're gonna determine whether or not the world is round by Massey wearing oh. this shirt. <laughs> I'm proof. <laughs> the world's round, folks. <laughs> Massey's proving it. For it those works. of you, for those of you doing the listening, and it's thing, Mexican. He has a very loud Hawaiian shirt on hey right man, now, look, look, and it's it, awesome. And it's loud, man. It's straight up. Is I even wore, like I even got like a little mustache and goatee. Comment below. <laughs> Tell me what you think of it. If you don't like it, I'll shave it. Game on. Um, if you don't like my shirt, too bad. I'm gonna keep wearing the shirt. I love the shirt. Man. Right, right. Because we can't all be the same, right? Anyways, back to the point. I'm the same dude if I don't wear these shirts or black shirts. I, I love black because it's supposed to make you look slimmer. I just like the color black, yeah. right? So I, I wear black. I just got used to it, you know? I do but the same thing. if I wear expensive shirts or non-expensive shirts, I know guys that don't have money that wear the shirts that are like, you know, $60 yeah. shirts, $100 shirts. I know them. I shake their hands all the time. Great men. And you know what they keep telling me? I just want to be where I'm supposed to be. Like, I'm projecting now where I'm going to be in my life. And I want to act like I'm already there. All right, I'm cool with that, man. So that's yeah. your thing. And, and sorry, you, I didn't want to no, jump ahead, on you. Um, and I really want to nail the question down. And, uh, and this is going to lead us into that point of, is it okay for somebody to buy a Lamborghini in that position? Right. So, so, but to get there, I also want to talk about like nice clothes. I've been thinking a lot about how I want to change my clothing and improve it. Yeah, me too. Right. I don't, I don't want to wear gym shorts and a baggy athletic t-shirt anymore. That's kind of your trademark. It is. But I know what you're saying. But at what point when, when you're 32 years old, what point do you start going, okay, I could, I got to grow up a little, I got to grow up. And Melissa and I got a lot of talk about that. Yeah, I do need a Beamer. I know a guy who can tell me about them. So, you know, but the other thing is, I'd like a nice watch. Me too, dude. I said the same thing to Carrie. Yeah. yeah. See, so you, you don't want a watch that's $5 from Walmart. You want something that looks nice. Yeah, that, man. That is respectful that you could wear at a really nice dinner or you could wear out with the friends. You <laughs> I wish know, we had a camera I, on him, I know. I, I know He's a guy who owns a Beamer and has a nice watch, He's like, too. nice shirts. I yeah. Got that. Oh, a Beamer? Got one. The watch? Got that, I don't, too. Man, I don't know where you're getting this stuff because we're not paying you enough to be <laughs> buying these Beamers and watches. because he lives out on the street. Yeah. He's a busker. <laughs> he collects money on the side street. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was bad. I'm sorry, Lord. So bad. So, so bad. So we, anyway, we talked about back, the, back the, to the, point. the watches, the nice clothes. Now let's get into the car. Because that's, people that's would what say, it started off. Yeah, yeah, people would be saying that we're dancing around. Is it okay for a pastor to buy a Lamborghini? We, we, but we kind of we are because what's the solid answer? Like, you're judging this dude's heart. 
when you don't even know him. You but, never had a conversation with him. You don't know his family situation. You don't know him. But does he need a Lamborghini? Does he? Here, let's let's take it a step further. Do we need a house? Or can we rent? Do we need to own? Let me ask you something. Most of the people that critique this dude, I can promise you, I can promise you, owe on their house. True. Is it worth the $240,000 debt? Whatever it is. Right? You're in hock to someone else for 30 years. You're being extorted for 30 years because by the end of the payment, by the end of the note in 30 years, you're paying on a $250,000 loan, you're paying what, some $530,000, 540000 Yeah. You're being extorted. There. You're being extorted over 30 years. Did you need that or could you have rented? Did you need that? You know, I mean... Th- what, what kind of car do you really need? Do you, do you, do you really need that or Listen, can you drive something cheaper? You can't. You can drive, you know? totally drive. But just because you can doesn't mean it's you. Yeah. Like, I'm cool with driving a 2000 Ford Excursion. I'm cool with driving a paid-off Impala. I'm cool with driving around a paid-off Nissan Sentra. And I drive them. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I don't have a problem that my brother's... Or someone that I know drives a Lexus. See, that's the issue. I don't have a problem if they do. Good for them. I don't want to have payments. If they do, great for them. Have yeah. fun. Do you need a Toyota? Do you really need that Lexus or could you drive a Toyota? What's it to you? What's it to you? What's it to, what is it to you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Critique all you want, right? Do some of you that critique him, do you have a boat? Do you need a boat? Shouldn't you give that money for the poor? Oh, my gosh. You know and what, dude? And that was the other question we brought up. Do you remember? Yeah. I said, what if if you made $10 million a year? Let's say John Gray made $10 million a year. I can promise you dude, he can give away $9.5 million of that, and they would still tell him he's making too much money. He'd still got, you know, 500000 Yeah. So it's like too much. we're not trying. We are kind of. We're not dancing around it. It's just that there's no solid answer here. Yeah. And originally we want you to come up with your own conscience exactly um we don't want to give you the answer we want to give you things to think about um and originally which this this story came up after the podcast where i had talked about the whole ferrari question which that was last podcast i I was like boy this this matches up perfectly i like nice cars like that and i was talking that's how it came up i was talking to melissa and i said look it's not that I want the fastest car on the street and all that. I love the art of the car, the beauty of it. Like <laughs> that I love. Okay. Uh, yeah. We well, all want a Ferrari dog. We all do, right? <laughs> but there's there's a car brand, Pagani. And, and I watched a documentary, and I didn't even know about this car brand until this documentary. And they, they did a bio on the guy who owns it. And you could tell as he was talking about the company, he's a very driven individual, but very artistic minded. And like every detail in those cars are completely one off, custom, artistic design they were there for, for a reason. reason. Like the wheels take like 24 hours for them to carve out of a single block of aluminum. Now you hear that and you go, well, <laughs> why? It's art to them. It's a creation. It's a sculpture. So to me, it's like, I would love to own a piece of beautiful art. So if, if we were successful businessmen, extremely successful, we had built corporations from the ground up and we had a network that was helping out 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people and doing stuff all over the world. Which we still have a chance to do. We do. And that's honestly our vision, right? Is it to help. really to help, to, to grow as big as we can to help as many people as possible. Because not to, not to interrupt, because isn't it more awesome to pray and to do? Instead Amen. of just being able to pray? Amen. Wouldn't it be cool if, like, I can also pray, but I can do because yeah. I put it in my hand to do it? James talks about that. He says, look, don't just tell somebody, hey, God bless, I hope he feeds you. If you have the ability, do it. That's I would love to do that. So let's say we've got these huge corporations all over the world. We're helping tons of people. Am I not allowed to buy myself that Pagani? Right? I'm 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 kind of you know I'm like, waiting for you. To, I thought you I don't know. No, no, it's a rhetorical question. If if let's take it back to Pastor Gray. You said he's started as a comedian. He's got books. He's got the reality TV show. He's done music. He's done albums. All of that. I think so some real estate. Real estate. I think he's he's got all this stuff going on. So he's obviously making bank. He's making bank now. Unconfirmed, you, you had heard somewhere that he had been saving up for a while on this. Now, we're just putting that out there. It's unconfirmed. It may or may not, it may not, or may not be true. Putting our staple on it. But yeah. But it was said that he was saving up for a while. So. Yeah. So if he was, it's even harder to argue against because he had a goal. He was putting money aside of his own money. But let's say he wasn't. He still has all this stuff that he's doing on the side, this creative stuff that he's doing to produce and is he not allowed to spend that on his wife for something that that isn't necessary or ben- or it's not necessary and some might argue not even all that beneficial but it's lawful you know and and I know I'm coming down on the side of the guy can do it because well, I would I would rather have the heart of, you know what, I'm going to reserve, and that's between him and God. It is between him and yeah. God. Now, again, if he was in straight sin, we could we could say something about it. But he's not technically. And I'm going to say this. I think I'll put this question to rest. Yeah. If you've heard this podcast and hearing what we're saying and bringing up both sides, we understand. You know, you're, you might be a reproach. It might look bad. And a, a lot of what Christianity is appearance. It is. Keeping your witness, making sure that you're, you know what I mean? Because the Bible even talks about prove your ministry and, uh, you know, uh, make sure you have a good witness to them that are without and all these things. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Let your light so shine before men. There's all this. It's appearances. It's uh, it a really state from all appearance of evil, right? So there's all these scriptures that talk about that. But think about this. If you were listening to this podcast and your first immediate reaction was, yeah, I'm going to go after riches. Or like me, I, even talking through this before God, I will die with this. First thing I thought of was, Lord, that's cool for him, but I'm content until you move me. Yeah. I'm just content. I'm cool with where I'm at, right? If I meet him someday, I'd like to ask him how he did it. You know what I mean? Because, like, I'm tired. I've given, like, my life to ministry. We haven't bought a house since I've been married, right? You know my story. You guys know the story. You know how much it's hard to be in full-time ministry when you don't ask for money and you don't ask for people to pay for you. It's hard. And you suffer. We lived in in a camper for a year. You know what, dude? It's time for me and my family to have a house. I don't care what you say because my family deserves it. They put their, their, their life and their heart and their soul. My wife has put up with so much when I've been gone. 
I believe that it's God's will for me to buy a house and establish my family and plant roots. Mm -hmm. And if you can prove me wrong, do it with scripture, not your opinion. What is wrong? Like me, you said you like cars. I've always wanted an 88 or an 89 Fox body Mustang, a convertible with a 5.0. I love that car, a specific yeah. one, a maroon one with these certain wheels. I've always loved that car, right? Do I need it? Nope. But why couldn't I have it and then let my young adults use it? Or the yeah. kids, you know, when they grow up and they want to go to their, their you know, proms or whatever like that, enjoy and have fun. God, the Bible says he gave us all things to enjoy. Right? Yeah. It's like you don't you don't need half the thing. Everybody that critiques, you don't need half the things you have in your house. But you got them. It's true. I can promise you, you don't need some of us two vehicles. You don't need that car payment. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, so you are absolutely it's right. It's this tit for tat stuff. If your heart automatically goes to want and, and and covetousness, and you know who you are if you're listening to this. That's where I believe the heart is wrong. That's the mm -hmm. kind of heart God is warning against. If you're like, man, look, if that dude's not in sin and he did that, right, and he said he wanted to honor his wife and he messed up with her last year, he said he, he, something happened in adultery and all that stuff, like nobody's, nobody's say, saying that that's a good thing. Which I, I had a thought, the fact that he came out publicly and said, look, this happened and they and talked about the troubles of like they almost got a divorce. I give him credit for that uh, because I, I think if he, he would be trying to hide it if his heart hadn't learned from the situation. Yeah. Like the difference you between him and, and, and him and Jimmy Swagger was Swagger was trying to hide it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden it was like, it was, it comes out and then it came out in a video. And then all yeah. of a sudden he came out, Hey, I've sinned, I've sinned against you. And I remember the video and my mom was really heartbroken. She really liked Jimmy Swagger. You know, she grew up and she loves the uh, TBN and CBN and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and she really liked his preaching, and she still does. I mean, he's, I think he still preaches now. But it's like he came out and said he had an adultery, or I don't even know if it was adultery. I don't even know if he did anything. Yeah, I, don't I, don't, I don't know, but they were talking about getting a divorce. But I know he said that he went pretty far and all that stuff. And to me, I guess it is adultery because it's your heart, right? Your heart yeah. went there. None of that is justifiable. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that, right? <laughs> not, not. What I'm saying is the action of this, is it wrong to have money, especially if you're in ministry? What's wrong with that? Like... Is your heart attached to those things? You know, the funny thing is, this is all going to burn one day, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So whether the rich guy has it or you have it or a pastor has it or you want to bless your pastor with something. Say you want to bless your pastor with a boat. What's wrong with that? You want to bless your pastor with a brand new car. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with your pastor who we're supposed to double honor anyway? We're supposed to double honor those that labor in the word, the Bible says. Double yeah. honor. Because they're held in double damnation if they preach the wrong thing. If I'm supposed to do that, how... Oh, <laughs> Got some statistics for you. Yeah. Jenna Think about, pulled this stuff up. Yeah, so the average... Is, well, go ahead. Uh, no, go for it. So the average annual pastor's salary is about 55000 a year. Average pastor's salary. Which, that's right in median Sort salary. of. I mean, yeah, yeah. But, you know, they say sixty grand. you can actually make a living, put some money away for retirement. Yeah. 60000 So your pastor isn't even making that threshold, right? If you think about it. Now, she also pulled up... I didn't know this. She pulled up the statistic... Christians, on average, donate $817 per year to their church. That's not tithing, giving, like it's offering. Yeah. We only give an extra $800 a year to our church. Average. I'm not saying, some of you are going to be like, I give more than that. I'm not saying that. It's average, okay? It's an average. Now, check this out. On average, Muslims donate $1,300 a year. 
to their church, to their synagogue, to their, what do they call it? Mosques? Mosques. Or, right? Yeah. Jewish people donate $1,443 on average. So they're the highest ones, right? We're supposed to double honor the house, the place where we're fed, and all these things, and all we give is $817 to, again, there's going to be some, oh, I can't, I got kids in college. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the heart. Look, the stats prove it. You know, it's funny because the Muslims, you have to, it's all by rules and regulations. So is the Jewish, the, 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 what is it, the, the Jewish, Jewish community, Jewish religion, the Jewish community. It's all works. It's works driven. Christianity, uh, uh, Joe Zupitz said this on, on uh, I was watching this thing on giving. He said, you know, that word, uh, God loveth the cheerful, that word cheerful giver comes from the root word hilaria, which we get the word hilarious. Give hilariously. The New Testament doesn't really talk about tithing. It says to give yeah. hilariously, to give from your heart. Dude, when you give and you're like, I'm just going to do this. It's a leap of faith, but I'm going to do it. There's nothing more freeing than when you give something like that. You're like, Lord, I obeyed. I know I obeyed. I know this word's going to come back. I know that what you've promised me is this, even if it doesn't return unto me in, in, in finances, it's going to return unto me in blessing as far as like my family and all these things. And my boys will be raised up. And you know what? God forbid, even if you did give and nothing came to you, you've taught your sons not to be selfish. You've taught your daughters not to be selfish. God forbid that we could actually practice what the word says. And some people, I think they criticize people that are rich. I'm not talking about Pastor Graham. I'm talking about rich people. Some people, because they're jealous of what they have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're jealous of what they have and what you don't have. And you know what the difference is? Some of these guys push through the vision. Some of these guys push through the failure. Some of these people that are rich, you didn't see that they had to sleep on couches and had two failed businesses before. And they had to uh, file bankruptcy. You know, my mentor, he was like that. He had to close a business before he was successful in his other one. You know, you don't see the hardship these guys go through to get where they're at. Yeah. And, and the sleepless nights and sometimes missing their family life. And, dude, I've met them. I, I neglected my family for riches. And you think they have it better than you? They don't. They have their share of struggles. They have their share of, of wrong things. And, bro, more money, more problems. More money you got. All of a sudden, you got people out of the woodwork coming to you for things that they need. Funny. But when you ain't got, I'm good, bro. Hey, man, silver and gold I have on none, but all, what I have a gift to you. That's cool, man. You can keep it. But if I had silver and gold, you'd be at my house. Some of you. Right? Check your heart. Check the motive of your heart. Right? Thank you. Let, let me say this. It was Pastor Gray's wife that talked about that Lamborghini. Not him. He didn't post it on social media, as far as to my recollection. He didn't post it saying, look what I got my wife. I think it was a private purchase. And then she said, look, my awesome husband, blah, blah, blah. My husband. Yeah. Uh, Not my pastor. Yeah. My husband. So a husband purchased something for his wife, you know, and we, we tend to just jump on this train of, we don't have all the facts. We don't have all the information, but we still want to make the judgment and the clarification. And it goes to, okay, what's your line on this then? Is it a $25,000 car? Is is that all that's acceptable for your pastor to purchase? Is it a $50,000 car? Is it $80,000? Is it $5,000? Like, we, we want to say that we've drawn these narrow lines. And I know people will say, well, but it's a Lamborghini. It's opulent. It's unnecessary. You, you don't need that. Well, that's true. You don't need a GMC Denali. 
Here it is. Yeah. Yep, you're right. You, you, you don't need a Lexus. Right. You don't need a Mercedes. And I see Mercedes all over the place in this area. Straight up. Guaranteed there are Christians driving Mercedes or driving Range Rovers or whatever. Do you need it? Here. I was wrong. Listen to this. A mega church pastor from Greenville, South Carolina. Listen to that. A mega church. Hmm. Why can't he just be a pastor? And dude, half these folks listen to secular people write about pastors. Yeah. That's where you're drawing your conclusions, not meeting them, not checking their heart for yourself, right? As, as catching heat for buying his wife a $200,000 Lamborghini as an anniversary present last week. John Gray of Relentless Church is the same pastor who drew praise from around the world for giving tithes directly from the collection plate to veterans, single parents, and widows. Take what you want, he said. Take what you need yep. out of the collection plate. Isn't that awesome? You didn't hear that, though. Like, we ain't praising that. With all those people critiquing him. Did you do a video on that? <laughs> Come on, ask no, yourself. Ask n- yourself that. No, now, Wretched mentioned that and then used that as a pivot point to nail him even harder on the Lamborghini. <laughs> okay, dude. It's like, but you're, dude, you're, you're, you're darned if you do and darned yeah. if you don't, right? So here's a, a video posted on Instagram, which has since been deleted, shows Gray dressed in black tie, leading his wife through a crowd and surprising with the car. So I'm not saying that Gray put that on his. It just says a video was deleted showing yeah. him doing it. So I don't know if he put it on his social media. I don't want to be wrong about that. But listen to this. The gift drew criticism on Instagram. The Christian Post website reports noting that some people were angry that a preacher would indulge in such a display of opulence. Christians were angry. It didn't say it's unbiblical for a Christian to display opulence. Nobody can point that out. Nobody. Then you would condemn the kings before us. You would condemn David. Hmm. You're right. David, or Saul slew his thousands. David is tens of thousands, right in on chariots. I mean, this cat had it all. You'd con- you would condemn Abraham. You would. You would condemn Job. Job lost it all and found contentment in the Lord and got it back two- twofold. twofold. Yep. Condemn him, right? Again, this isn't a prosperity thing, y'all, either. Don't even take it that way. Now, yeah. defending the gift from her husband, Aventure Gray, his wife, posted on Instagram, my hubby is a hard worker. He worked his whole life and he saved to bless his wife. So it means he saved money to he do was it. saving up to do it. She would have no reason to lie. I don't know her. I don't know her. You know what? In the era of political correctness, we could take it this way. A black couple who became successful pastors <laughs> live. I'm serious. No. Right. Ride it out. Go for it. If we're going to play the left card and all these things. I bet you the left was like, see them pastors, blah, 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 being rich, blah, 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 blah. But they're black and they're successful. Aren't you happy for them? Isn't that what you guys gripe about, that there's a big percentage of blacks who can't make it? They did. No. Why aren't you mad at that? And he was a comedian before he ever became a pastor. And we're not we're not talking secular comedian. like Christian comedian. He was hilarious. He was hilarious, man. There's... I want, I've got two points. There's something I see in him that is this, this idea of vision, this idea of drive to create and produce. And I, I see that with him. He's, he's, not, he's not satisfied with just something small 
and keeping it stable and consistent. There's just something in him that he wants to grow things, right? Mm-hmm. And why do we, when, when Christ tells us to multiply the talents, why do we suddenly look at somebody who's multiplying the talents like crazy and go, no, that doesn't look Christian. Mm. Which gets into my second point of it all goes back to the heart. Like you were saying, I don't know his heart. I don't know what's really driving him. If it's God, if it's wealth, whatever, right? That's between him and God. We need to check our hearts and say, are we judging because we're jealous or because we've decided we're going to draw these standards for God's people that God never put in place? He never did. Right? Or are our hearts at the point where I don't care if I lose it? I like nice things. Nice things are enjoyable. I like looking at the creation of other people. We all love the Mona Lisa. Bro, we seriously. love the statue. I love of David. art, right? Why do you love art? Let me ask you that. Because Why do you love art? I think it's because the, well, first off, it's something I can't do, but it's amazing for me that the human eye can catch everything in a painting. So, like the shadows, when you look at a sky, it's not just orange. There's like purples in it, and there's reds, and there's yeah. yellows, and there's you know uh, a bright neon orange, and then there's clouds, and how they can process all that and like put it in a canvas and. To me, a painting is an expression of like where they're at, you know, like a song, you know, if we're doing a worship song, right? What's the difference between that and a painting? Well, they're both beautiful in their own way. That's why I'm a musician. I don't paint. My son does, right? And I think about him often, like, what if all of a sudden he just like hits it and his paintings are going for like some of these cats, you know, 200 grand a painting, you know, and he does well. And he's, he lives a high lifestyle. He lives in New York in a a flat, you know what I mean? Like a condo or whatever, you know, because he's got to be up there. Let's just say he does that. What is wrong with that? What if he does that and then becomes a pastor? Still has it has the money in that lifestyle. Yeah. What is wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Especially if he's painting for the love of God. Yeah. He loves God. He wants to express it in a really well-done art form, and people are willing to pay a lot of money for that. Truth. And what if he gave his money? And people would say, well, he should give away all of his money. The Bible also says for us to be a steward of what we've been given. Mm-hmm to steward what he has so that he can continue to bless. See, the guy that had the, 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 guy that had the talents, he multiplied five. There was a system, five, what was it, five, two, one, five, three, one? Uh, ten, five, one. Ten, five, one. So, duh. So you have, you have the rich or the parable of the talents, right? So you have the man with the parable of talents. You have the ten, you have the five, and the one. So there are some that are rich, if you mm-hmm. think about it, and there are some that don't have as much. Both of them multiply their talents. Yeah. Or they were supposed to. Told them, go out, explore, do Do. this. Do. Uh, One of the things that I think a lot about is the parable of the shrewd manager. That one throws a lot of people for a loop because this guy goes out and he's about to get fired and he knows he's too old, right? He can't can't dig ditches. He, you know, he's got to figure something out. So what he does is he starts making good deals with people who owe his master money. He says, look, you owe my master 800 barrels of oil. Well, scratch that out, put 400. And what he's doing is he's trying to make friends. He's trying to make connections. So that way, once he gets fired and he gets let go, he can be like, hey, dude, I threw you a big favor. Can you help me out? And 
Jesus points this out of, and it's not Jesus saying, look, I want you to be dishonest. That's not what he's talking about there. What he's really talking about is the ingenuity of the shrewd manager Mm -hmm. to make connections, Mm. to, to use what's available to him to make connections, to expand out to other people and try to connect to people. Like, why can't we do that Mm -hmm. with the gospel? Why do why is it you must be poor in order to be pure with the gospel? Why can't I be wealthy and connect to the wealthy people? If they're the most unrighteous people, they need it the most. Or, Dude, let's then take it a step further. Missions. And that means the folks in Africa should consider everyone in America condemned for mm-hmm. having money. Because mm-hmm. even the poorest of the poor here will live way better than them. Cats oh, yeah. Up there. Top 10% of the world. Our poorest people are in the top 10 And I'm not just singling out like Africa because there's yeah. some rich parts yeah. of Africa. Okay, people, And they have to do these caveats because someone's going to be like, yeah, not all of Africa's poor, you know. I mean, I know, okay? I'm talking about the poor parts, right? Then those Christians should consider anyone wealthy here in America bad yeah. or sinners because they have and they don't. Yeah. Dude, I, 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 I doubt. I'm going to say this, man. This generation, last generation, and the generation after doesn't know what it's like not to have AC in their house. It's true. Or a garage. Heck, a cell phone. Cell phone, right? We have things we just flat don't need. Do we don't you need, need an iPhone X? We can lift them freaking windows up, let the air come in. We did mm-hmm. it for years. We didn't always have TVs. Did it for years. Didn't always have the nice thing. Did it for years. You know what I mean? You don't need all that. You don't need it. You got, we got to watch our heart. That's yeah. the issue here. Was John Gray justified? I don't know. I don't because I'm not as hard-lined on this stuff as I used to be. Because and, where's the sin in it? And the, the only reason we sound like we're standing up for him is because we're frustrated with the jumping to conclusions that purely because of the purchase he made, it was the wrong decision and a sinful decision. All we're saying is, look, look at it a different direction and hold the judgment for a second and go, well, why do I feel this way? Check your heart while you're trying to check his. And one of the reasons that, you know, when we use scripture, we used it as much, you know, when we could. But we also use it sparsely because, like, people use that authority to, people use that authority to, like, endorse riches. Yeah. We're not doing that. No. Or to endorse poverty. We're not doing that. Every scripture we mentioned was of the heart. Where's your heart? Right? Abraham's heart was right. Whether he had or he didn't, he was still going to serve the Lord. Job proved he still served the Lord. When David sinned and his own sons were persecuting him, he still served the Lord. And he was running through the mountains in the caves, getting chased. He was still serving the Lord. Still serving the Lord, right? That's what we're trying to say is that, like, in all things, be content. Don't worry yourself about what they do. You be the light of Christ that you need to be. Why concern yourself with what they're doing? The Bible even says, give no thought to tomorrow. Sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. You're not going to stand before God for what they do. You are going to do what you do. Now, if they're in your camp, right, and they're in your sphere, you tell them sharply what's in your heart. But don't preach your conscience to them. Preach the word to them. 
Just like Pastor Gray or anyone else shouldn't be preaching their conscience to you. They should be preaching the word of God. And let his conscience fall where it falls. I believe if he is a praying man, which I haven't seen evidence of the contrary, right? I don't know. I don't know. God will get him if he's doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. God will expose it. God's mm-hmm. faithful, man. He's done it to me too many times to count. When I was prideful, dude, he abased me, man. He abased... Dude, you were there for some of it. He abased me, which means he humbled me. He, I was put to shame because of my pride. He sat me down, dude, put me mm. on the sidelines. Sit down, kid. You got a lot to learn. I'm cool with that. It hurt. I don't like talking about it, but it happens. God's faithful, right. dude, if you're his kid. If you're his son or daughter, he will not let you fall into unholiness. You can reject him, but he will not let you fall into unholiness. His love's too big for that. His spirit's too big for that. That's the whole point of this message. It's not up to you to judge that. And folks, if you have an opinion, you can't tell him to his face, shut your mouth. (laughs) Tell him to his face. Don't just make videos and gossip about him. Shut your mouth. Or go to him directly and say, there's a problem here. Well, they'll never talk to us. Well, then it's not yours. Then pray to God to reveal it to him then, if it's wrong. Right? Why do you want it? Why are we so quick to see men fall and to see Ooh. the wrong? Ooh, good. Not the gold God put in them. Why are we so quick to do that? Why are we so quick to, to make sure that people fall? And you know what we do? The first thing, man, I told you. I knew it. They blew it, man. Told you. A little more. Instead of, Lord, protect him. He's, he's, if, if he becomes rich, Lord, humble his mind so that he understands what to do with those riches. That's good. Why? Why are we always out for blood? We're, we're so quick to try and find the false prophet or the heretic. Boy. And think about your heart when you do that. I know. Our, when, our heart tends to go, I was right. Dude, totally. I'm more righteous. Just like Christ said to let your light so shine before men that they might glorify God and see your good works. Not that you would critique every Christian out there and make sure that you're right. That's Christ's job. That's God's job. You know what? I'm sorry. Christ even said, I'm not sent into this world to condemn it, but I'm here to save it. That's God's job. He's the father and he's the judge. Christ came to redeem and save and to change our hearts, to love our enemies, to love our neighbors ourselves. Why can't we do that? And some will say, well, love is truth, bro. Sure. So I'm telling you the truth. Right? I don't know you. And I, you know why I'm saying all this? Because I don't know you by name, but I saw the articles. And if I saw you to your face, I would say it to you. I've, everyone in the room can agree I would do that. <laughs> I have a big mouth, and I don't, I don't mind saying that. Right? I don't have an issue with that. Here's what I'm not doing, though, is pointing out people's errors publicly and saying he's wrong. Here's what I'm saying. Be Christ. You think he's doing wrong? Go be Christ. Whether some preach Christ's contention or whatever, Paul said Christ is preached. I care not. Christ is preached. Whether they do it out of a wrong heart or a right heart, Christ is being preached. When he had the chance, he went to Peter's face and told him what was wrong. You never heard him talk about that uh, uh, before that. He went to Peter's face. I'm just saying. Anyways. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Yeah, really to wrap it up, just we want you to think about it. 
We want you to make sure to comment on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. Let us know what you're thinking. And if we get enough responses, we get enough thoughts that are, look, you guys are way off on this. We'll do another podcast on it and we'll bring up your points. We'll bring up your arguments. Um, it's important for us to have those discussions. And honestly, we love them. I kind of, I get a little excited when I get pushed back because it's okay. Even if somebody pushes back, they must have seen something. Yeah. And they you must know have listened. It does make know? us question ourselves. And that's yeah, good. We need to question it. to make sure that we're, we're on the right track, right? Yeah. Guys, listen. Get on our page here, like and subscribe, hit that bell button so you guys can get uh, notifications when we put up new videos. And uh, the, the one thing we want you to do to take from the show is that it is scriptural, it's godly. That's what we want to come across with. The issue is this, where's the heart? Salvation through Christ. Go save souls, y'all. Yeah. That's what this is about, right? Because you're not going to fix the problems in the world. Christ will. It's his power. It's the Holy Spirit. Be led of the Spirit of God. Make sure that you're being led of it, right? And guys, again... Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for all the subscriptions and the comments and the likes and dislikes and all those things. It's 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 kind of unique. And and guys, we're we're not out here to deliberately make people mad. Like we don't get up saying, "All right, we should do that topic, man. We're gonna make some people <laughs> mad now." That's not what we do. We just we're we're here to give our perspective, what God has revealed to us, to put it out there to you. Yeah, and we we produce stuff that we think people might be passionate about and we understand it's going to create controversy. So until next time, thank you so much for tuning in guys. And we will see you next week. Love you guys. Deuces.